Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning. How is everybody today? Once again, my name is Terry, and I, I oversee B Kids, which is our elementary age, ki age kids in kindergarten through fifth grade. So I want to welcome everybody here today, everybody on live stream and TCI. So glad that you're joining us. I. Uh, I absolutely am convinced I have the best job in the world, okay? Those of you who are parents in here, thank you for entrusting us with your little ones. Um, if they're back there, it's because we love what we do, and it's awesome that we get to see them grow in the things of God. Um, I'll tell you what, just the little faces when they get something. You ever see when their kids get something, and it's like the light goes on? I get to be a part of that, so thank you. I love teaming up with you parents out there. Um, thought I'd take a second to introduce my family. I brought in a picture. I realized as I was looking at pictures that we only have selfies. So I don't have any pictures that are further than 12 inches from our faces. So my apologies, but this is my family. My husband, Steve, he's usually at the Boardman campus. My son, Steven Jr., who is nine, and my daughter, Izzy, who is almost seven, which is so hard to believe. She's weeks away from her birthday. Um, kids grow up so fast, don't they? It's crazy, but that's my family. We get a little crazy. The first picture, yes, you did see a mustache on my son. He's the only nine-year-old that has facial hair. Um, <laughs> no, but I love them. They're awesome. So I am so excited to talk to you here today. Last night, I warned everybody that I might talk a little fast, and I get excited, but I think I talked slow enough. Nobody complained anyway, so. Um, but who in here has seen Face App? It's been on social media lately, even on the news probably because of the Russians owning it. And, uh, I'm not gonna talk about that part. We're gonna talk about the app and how actually it does some pretty cool stuff. So if you don't know, um, what you do is you go ahead and you get the app on your phone, which I don't suggest you do that. Um, and you go ahead and you take a picture of yourself and it just does this realistic transformation of your appearance. It's amazing. So I brought some pictures with me today of celebrities, of course. Um, and so there's the current and then the after of them aging. And then it, sometimes it gets really bad. And it's like, oh my gosh, is that not hysterical? That he's like, I don't know how old and still in a football uniform. I thought that was awesome. But um, they're, so, they're so realistic. And you know, if I took a picture of you right now and I did the face app, which don't worry, I'm not going to. But if I did that, I guarantee you that you probably would still be able to identify yourself, right? because you know yourself, right? I would say that. But you know, I actually, I saw this picture on Facebook of somebody that um, I hadn't seen in person in a really long time. And I was just scrolling through Facebook one day and it stopped me. And I was like, oh my goodness, they have gotten so old. And I'm trying to do the math in my head, like how old are they? Like this doesn't, this doesn't match up. And I kept thinking about it and, and I'm studying their picture and it just looks so realistic. Well, obviously it was the app, right? It was the app, <laughs> which as I was scrolling down and I saw more people, I got it. I'm like, 
okay, this is making a little more sense. But it, it was that realistic, and I couldn't believe how much she changed. You know, and all the stuff with this transformation of the pictures, it really got me thinking. How do we view ourselves? How we see ourselves right now, and I'm not just talking our faces, but how we see ourselves. Are we viewing ourselves in a real way? Are we seeing our true identity? And that's actually the title of my message this morning is true identity. Because how many things in our life sometimes can maybe alter or tamper with our true identity to where we are not seeing ourselves, what seems so realistic to us. It seems like this is who I am, I know myself. But my question to you is, do you truly know the true you? And we're gonna be talking about this morning. that this morning. You know, I have found out that the devil likes to very much distort our vision of who we are. Uh, his whole purpose in our life is to kill, steal, and destroy. And he sees each and every single one of us on this earth as a threat. And that might sound a little strange to you, like a little much, right? But let me tell you this, it's the truth. Because whether you know your true identity or not, guess what? He does. He knows what you are capable of. So he is going to do everything that he possibly can to stop you from knowing your true identity. So what's he like to do? Well, he likes to take things that, go, that we go through in our life and store them in our minds that distort our vision. All of us, I bet in here, have stories of hard times that we've been through, things and challenges that we've gone through. And if we're not careful and we don't know what this awesome book says, that is when our, our vision starts to get very distorted. And I'm speaking to you from experience, okay? From a lot of experience in this field. Should we call it a field? But there's thoughts that were so familiar to me and I thought maybe some of these might sound familiar to you. How about things like, I am not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I can't trust anyone. No one will ever love me. I am such a failure. I'm damaged. I'm flawed. No one needs me. I'm not important. How about this one? God could never use me. I had almost every single one of those actually. But I am here to tell you today that no matter what you have done and no matter what has been done to you, it does not define who you are. You know, I lived many, many years in shame. You know, the devil likes to start at a young age. Don't be fooled and think this is only for adults because he starts as young as possible. And he did that with me, very young and all through my life. And instead of dealing with it, what I did is I chose to ignore it and shove it off in a corner. How many of you know when we ignore things and we shove them off in a corner, they don't go away? No, not at all. I actually thought of it like this. Anybody in here know VeggieTales? Yeah, hopefully some of you know VeggieTales, right? And I don't know if you've ever seen, my kids told me last night, they're like, mom, it's not just VeggieTales, it's Larry Boy. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. They sat in service last night. 
So on a Larry Boy movie, there was the rumor weed. I don't know if you guys, anybody in here know the, the rumor weed? I don't know. Yes, it's true. Okay. Not clicking. Okay. <laughs> well, what it was is it was just tiny little weed that just was this friendly little thing that it was no big deal. And then all of a sudden it grew into this enormous monster. And that is exactly what things like shame and insecurities and doubt and fears and all of those things, that's exactly what they do. And it goes and it consumes every single part of us. And it consumed me so much that I felt very stuck in my life. I felt like I couldn't do things. I felt like a failure. I, I had all of these thoughts rushing through my mind day in and day out. And the more I tried to ignore them, the greater they got. And yet somehow I fooled myself of thinking I was actually doing a really good job with them. But let me tell you what, I just continue to get more and more stuck. And there's this story in the Bible about these guys who were stuck. You guys ever hear the story of the four lepers? I heard that story many times. And then I read this book called Unashamed by a famous Christian um, speaker and author. And she broke this story down in such a beautiful way that really helped me change my perspective. And I'm hoping that it will help you change your perspective as well today. So just to update you, there's these four guys who have leprosy. And now they were complete outcasts, okay? Nobody liked them. Nobody wanted anything to do with them. They didn't even have the same rights as everybody else, okay? They did not have their own home or property. They, um, they did not have a job. They actually were not allowed to work. So what they did is every day they would make their way to the city gate and they would stay there begging for food and money. Now, during this time in Samaria, there was a famine going on and people were starving, like a starvation that you and I have never experienced. They were doing things like eating donkey heads and even going to the extreme as eating their own children. Is that not the saddest thing? I can't even comprehend that. Now, these men, the Bible doesn't give us a timeline of how long they had been going to the gate but it's very obvious in the scripture to see that this was something that was very familiar to them. Not that this was the greatest thing, but at the same time, they felt comfortable with it. They felt it was their security. I guarantee you that they kind of felt like it was their only option. This is just my life. You ever have that thought? This is just my life. It's who I am. I know I had that thought. So here they are feeling stuck, right? And I want to read to you out of 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. It says, Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. Hmm. You know what this tells me? I'll bet you this is the first time they ever asked this question. And this is telling me that all of a sudden, their perspective's changing a little bit. Right? Because when we start asking questions, then that means that there's options, right? We're not stuck. We're maybe on the process to, on the way to not being stuck. Let's continue reading in verse four. We will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, 
We will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So all of a sudden, they're weighing out their options. They're feeling a little bit of hope. They're having a little bit of faith. Maybe not a lot, right? Because they know the chances of this are slim. But at the same time, they're thinking, what do we got to lose? Could it get any worse than it is right now, right? So let's look at verse 5. That evening, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clattering of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sound of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they, they cried out. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. Whoa, how awesome is that? There's these four guys. Talk about a daring move. The only thing that they knew in their world was to go to that gate and beg. And all of a sudden, when the going got tough and nothing was coming in, they started to change their perspective. So keep in mind, these guys are not these strong guys that say, okay, I'll hold them back and you punch, right? They're not doing that. They're weak. I guarantee you they're tired. They're sick. Who knows the last time that they ate or drank, right? And I'll bet you that journey was not easy for them. So here they are. They got past their gate. They went ahead and kept moving. And now they're outside the enemy's camp. I always think, what must have been going through their minds, right? I love to break scripture apart like that. Verse eight, when the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went in to one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried out silver and gold and clothing and were hiding it. Awesome, right? Okay, so not only did they get some food and drinks like they wanted to, but man, did they ever make out. They got gold and silver and clothing and all of their belongings that were there. Can you even imagine the shock that they must have been in at that moment, never expecting something so huge? It's so good. So, I know, it's just so good. It's so good, it gets me excited. Who's excited? Are you excited? Oh my gosh, this truth is for us, I'm so excited. So, what happened? They live stuck, day in and day out. And then all of a sudden, a little bit of faith. They started, they chose to change their perspective. They went out, they faced every fear, every doubt. They left everything that was safe and familiar to them. And look at what God did, all because of a choice that they made. You know, God gives us the option of choice, just like he did to them. So are we gonna stay stuck where we are right now? I don't know where you're stuck, but you know where you're stuck. 
God knows where you're stuck. And I'll tell you what, what do we say here at BC? We're called, not stuck. Mm, that gets me excited. So you're gonna make a choice and change your perspective? I love it because God did all the hard work for these lepers, right? All they had to do was make that choice. But what did he do? They're still sitting at the gate and oh, they're probably twiddling their thumbs like, I don't know, I don't know. Is this the right thing to do? Are we gonna die? And then they're trying to weigh out their options. What's the, what's the worst way to die, you know? And that whole time, before they did that, already God was out there moving on their behalf. And guys, he does the same thing for us. He did the hard work for them, but he's done the hard work for us. He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to die for our sins. He sent Jesus to set us free. No longer do we have to live in fear and doubt and shame and stay stuck because Jesus already paid the price for it. So good, but we gotta make a choice. Already it's waiting everything. God's already got stuff over here moving for you. He's got things set up for you, but we got to make the choice to get past our gate. The question though is how, right? You ever like that? You hear something, it's like, oh, I love that. Yeah, I want to do that, but wait, how do I do that? <laughs> That's always me, is, is like how. And I don't want you to be stuck in the how today, right? We don't want to be stuck anywhere, but I don't want you to be stuck in the how. So, you know, during those, that long process of all the shame and things that I was going through, the things that I'd done, the choices I made, the things that had been done to me, you know, those thoughts grew and grew and grew. And it came to the point where I would look at myself in the mirror and I would be disgusted. I'd look at myself and say, you're such a failure. Why do you have to be so different? You're just not normal. What's wrong with you? Can't you do anything right? And one thought after another thought, they started as thoughts, then they became my words. And it, became, and it came to the point where I would have to open that medicine cabinet mirror because I didn't even wanna look at myself. And it didn't stop there. It moved on to my voice. And I started having the thoughts of, why are you talking? Seriously, you don't make any sense. Nothing you say is any good. Nobody wants to hear you. Nobody cares what you're saying. And my voice actually got very annoying to me where the place where I couldn't stand the sound of my voice. And you know what I did? I shut up. And I talked the very bare minimum that I had to. The devil was scared. He was scared and he saw me as a threat. And so finally I got to the place, thank you Jesus, where I began to see, you know what? How I'm feeling right now, I don't need to stay here. I'm stuck right now, but I know that God has more for me. And first of all, let me tell you, the first gate that I went through is I needed to get professional Christian counseling because I had been through so much in my life that had been weighing me down 
that even though I had this amazing book, I needed help maneuvering through it and processing some of those things. So if that's you, that is nothing to be ashamed of. It is the greatest decision that I ever made as far as taking a step out and getting help. The next thing is, is I picked up this awesome sword and I opened it and I said, you know what? Yeah, I know stuff, but I really wanna know what God says about me. So I began to read about his love. You ever read about his love? If not, I suggest you do because it's amazing. You will be blown away at actually how much he loves you. I began to open up the word and find scriptures and I wrote them down. I had them in my phone. I had them on paper and I was literally speaking them nonstop. Because how many of you know that we can't just be hearers of the word, but we have to be doers of the word. That word is awesome and it's powerful and it's for us, but it goes back to choice. Are we gonna choose to start living it, right? Start doing the word. And so I began speaking those things over me day in and day out. I would say things like, you know what? How precious are your thoughts about me, O Lord, for they outnumber the grains of sand. I would say, you take delight in me. I am your masterpiece. I am above and not beneath. Oh, Father God, I thank you that your love for me never ends. I thank you that you created every part of me. My innermost being, Father, you created me. That you never leave me nor forsake me that you have plans for me, plans for good and not for disaster, plans with a future and a hope. And I would be speaking these things day in and day out. Now, did all those thoughts go away as soon as I did that? No. Actually, it got to the point where they got really loud. And do you know what I had to do? I couldn't just read these things or just say them in a normal voice, but I got to the place where as I'm praying these things out for me, I had to scream because they were so loud. And I, I still felt that doubt. Like, I don't know, is this really for me? Am I being ridiculous? And then I'd say, no, this word is for me. God loves me. He has plans for me. I am above and not beneath. I am his masterpiece. He created me in his image. I'm telling you guys, sometimes we gotta fight off these thoughts, but with our own strength, we'll never get anywhere. All it's gonna be is like I had stuck in a corner. We gotta use the word. It's the only thing. Maybe you're going through something with your kids. You know what you do? It's not your own words, it's this word. Amen. What are you gonna speak over your children? What are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking over your spouse? It's the word of God. It is the only thing. It is the only thing that is gonna cause breakthrough. Because let me tell you what, when we know the word of God, then we know God. And when we know God, we find our true identity. I wanna read a quote to you by Christine Kane. It says, the degree to which you are willing to allow God to do what needs to be done in you is the, the degree to which God will use you and do an amazing work through you. I'm gonna read that again. The degree to which you are willing to allow God to do what needs to be done in you 
is the degree to which God will use you and do an amazing work through you. So if you have ever had the thought of God cannot use me, that is a lie because he can use you and he wants to use you. You know what I love in this story with the lepers? Is it doesn't stop there with them hiding all of those things. But do you know what they did? They went back to their city. And guys, that's, all, that's exactly what we're about here at BC is we exist to see a city connected with God. We exist as an individual, Christian, believer, God follower to connect our city, the people around us with God, right? So that means your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, everybody in your world. You don't have to go to another country. It's the people around you. That's why we exist. And I believe strongly that there are people already in this room where God has done something amazing on the inside of you and he wants to use you. You don't have to keep it quiet. Let me tell you what, when you begin to speak what God has done in you, man, it even grows you closer to God. You even get more firm in believing how good he is. It speaks volumes of God's goodness. This book is amazing and it's true and it's for us. But when we begin to tell other people how this word actually happened in our own life, it's amazing how it can change people's perspective. I want you just to close your eyes right now for a second. And I want you to begin to envision yourself in a new place. Where are you stuck right now? Because you don't have to stay there. God, man, wherever we're at today, he accepts us right there. Begin to picture yourself in this new place without any fear, without any insecurities, without any uh, doubt, without any shame. And all of a sudden you're beginning to step out and God's beginning to use you. Can you picture yourself there? I just wanna encourage you, have a little faith. Make a choice to go further with Jesus. Get his living word on the inside of you. Begin to speak it over your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. I thank you for every person here. I thank you, Father God, that you have a plan for each of them even before they were placed on this earth. You have a purpose for them. And Father God, I pray that wherever they're stuck, that Father, you're gonna give them the strength that they need to make that choice, start moving and fulfilling the purpose that you have put on them, that they will find their true identity in you. In Jesus' name. Now maybe so with every head bowed and eye closed, maybe you're hearing this whole thing about choice and 
our true identity and you're saying, I hear what you're saying, but I don't even know God at all. I've never said a prayer or I don't, I don't even know if, if that's me right now. Let me tell you what, Jesus loves us. He sent, God sent his one and only son down to this earth for you. And no matter what you've ever done, the choices we've made, maybe the things that have been done to you, that doesn't change God's love for you. His love for you is still the same. It's endless, it's immeasurable. All he's saying is come and follow me. And we're gonna say a prayer where we're confessing that we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that he rose from the dead. And we're making this commitment that I am gonna follow you, Lord. So we're gonna say a prayer and if everybody would just repeat after me, and if this is the first time for you, just simply mean it and say that prayer from your heart. Let's say this prayer, say, dear Lord, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made mistakes. I know I'm not perfect, but I ask you to forgive me, to come into my heart, be my savior and my Lord. I chose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.